Thank you, everybody. If you'd like to take your seats, what a great time of worship. Thank you, band. Thank you, team. Thank you, servers. I'm just going to remind us at the beginning, before I start, we are going to take communion at the end of my message today, so if you need to go and get a little cup, you can. They're just at the, at the back there, but we're going to save that for a minute. Is everybody doing okay? So I wonder if you can say this with me, if anybody knows it. Remember, remember, the 5th of November, gunpowder, treason, and plot. Now here's testing your memory. I see no reason. No, you've all gone, haven't you? You've all gone. Why gunpowder treason should ever be forgot. It's me and Brian this morning, that's all right. We can cut with that. We'll just do it together today. That's okay. Uh, do you know, when I looked that up online this week, I had never heard that second line ever. And I think probably a few of us haven't either. Today's the 5th of November. Is anybody going to see some fireworks tonight? Yeah? No? No? Has anybody already seen some fireworks? A few? Is anybody being very, very brave and doing their own fireworks? Nobody at all. Wow. I think maybe... Five or ten years ago, there'd have been more hands up maybe, because uh, I remember doing our own fireworks and my dad propping something up against the fence a bit precariously and, you know, it not quite going very well. It's the 5th of November and we've got this odd tradition in our British culture, don't we, for remembering a failed plot to blow up the houses of Parliament and we've even got that little song and poem to go with it and it's all to help us remember something that's a little bit of a strange thing. Our memories are quite funny, aren't they, really? They say we can remember things back to the age of about three or four years old. I know that I can certainly remember some, like a couple of sort of standout moments for me back then. But as you get older, and I'm not looking at anybody in particular, our memories start to be a little bit more difficult to recall, don't they? And I'm not saying that, of course, to anybody in here because I'm sure everybody knows exactly where their mobile phone is and you've never lost a pair of glasses, you've never forgotten where you put them down, yeah? No? Oh, okay, that's, that's maybe what I thought, yeah. That's, I haven't started wearing glasses yet, but I can guarantee that when I do, I will never know where they are. <laughs> it's amazing what we do remember though as well. It's usually the things in life, isn't it, that have the most impact on us. Those moments that really make an emotional impression on us, those are the things that stay with us and then become our memories in future days. You see, the, the thing, the main kind of key that we're going to look at this morning is that what we remember affects what we do. What we remember affects what we do. I remember when me and my parents, we were moving house, we were moving down uh, from Edinburgh back down to Wakefield and uh, we were doing as you usually do and we were tidying up and packing and throwing lots of things away and we had a skip outside on the drive, throwing loads of rubbish in it and I took a bin bag out to the skip and I put it in and I distinctly remember cutting my hand on some glass that was in the skip, oh boy, it was painful. And I cut my hand and a, a little bit of my wrist here from the, from the glass and I've still got a little scar. We went down to the hospital, we got stitched up. And ever since that day, I've been really cautious around broken glass. 
And I never was before. I just used to say, oh, you know, it's fine. We'll just get it up and it's whatever. But now I'm really not scared, but I'm a bit more, take it a bit more seriously. And ever since that moment, it's changed the way I handle those things. And Lucy will tell you, if there's a broken glass in our house, if I drop or smash a glass while I'm washing up, I'll go, Lucy, <laughs> can, you come and, can you come and help me out, please? Because <laughs> you know? it's, it's changed the way I think about those things. Because what we remember affects what we do, for better or for worse. We live differently, don't we? Because of past hurts. Or we live differently because of the things we enjoy. And maybe today you're somebody and somebody has hurt you in the past. And maybe that's affected how much then you trust other people going forward. Or maybe on the other end of the spectrum, you went on a fantastic childhood holiday and you remember it so well and from now on that's where you want to go every year because what we remember affects what we do. But you know, here's the biggest problem about our memories. It often seems as we go through life that the things we remember the easiest are the things that aren't going so well. The things we come to mind quickest are the disappointments, aren't they? And the failures and the pain. And it always seems to be easier to think about the stuff that's going wrong because it just sort of comes naturally. I don't know if you're anything like me in that. To think about the failures and the pain. And you know, when we do that, we allow ourselves to get to a place that we maybe shouldn't be because it affects how we live. And this morning, all I want to do is just look at a few good key biblical principles of what our God says that we should remember because there's some great things. And before we get there, we're just going to look at a quick story from 1 Samuel chapter 7. If you've got your Bibles, you can turn with it. We're going to read a little bit of it and you can read around it, which is why it's good to be able to kind of see it on your, on your phone or whatever you need. And in 1 Samuel chapter 7, we find Samuel and he is a prophet and he's leading the people of Israel in this moment. They've had a really, really sort of dark time and they've been following the wrong people and they've been worshipping idols and, and basically Samuel has been able to lead them to a point where they turn back to God. Right, that's where we find them in this story. And they, and they start to gather again at a place called Mizpah. And the Israelites are gathering together. But the Philistine army, the enemy of Israel at this moment, they hear that the Israelites are gathered in this place. And so what happens is, is the Philistine army decides this is a really good moment to come and attack Israel. So that's exactly what they do. And they head out, ready to get them, ready to kill them, ready to defeat them. And Israel is starting, as you can imagine, to panic. They're starting to worry. And Samuel says to them, well, do you know what? All you need to do right now is keep crying out to God. Keep crying out to God. Keep crying out to God. And the Philistine army are getting closer and closer. And what the Bible says just before we get to our verse in verse 12, it says that the Lord thundered with loud thunder and scattered the Philistine army, it confused them, it threw them off, and they were in disarray. And what happened that day was that Israel had the victory over over this army because of what God did. And then we get to this really important verse that we're looking at today. 1 Samuel 7:12 it says this. Then Samuel took a stone and he set it up between Mizpah and Shen and he named it Ebenezer, which means stone of help, saying 
thus far, the Lord has helped us. And Samuel has this fantastic moment where he makes a point of deliberately remembering that God had never let them down up until that moment. And now here's this stone forever, a marker to remind them that God did not fail. So what happens is, is the next time the enemy's advancing, the next time it looks like there's no hope, what they could do is they could look and say, well, hang on a minute, thus far the Lord has helped me so that we know that he's going to continue to help me. He's going to continue to never let us down. And now what I want us to do is just look at another story. We're going to go back a few books in the Bible. We're going to put a pin there and we're going to go to the book of Judges. Judges 8. 33 to be precise and here we find Israel in a very different moment they have had 40 years of peace because they've been led by this guy called Gideon another fantastic character of the Bible and what happens is is we get to Judges 8 33 and we see that Gideon had died and whilst he'd been alive they'd had 40 years of complete peace in the land. And it says this in Judges 8:33, no sooner had Gideon died than the Israelites again prostituted themselves to the Baals. They set up Baal Bereth as their god, which was just a statue of just nothing. It was just it was just a material thing. It had no value, no worth. It you know, it wasn't worthy to be worshipped or anything, but that's what they did. And here's verse 34. They did not remember the Lord their God who had rescued them from the hands of all their enemies on every side. And they also failed to show loyalty to the family of Jerubbabel, that is Gideon's family, in spite of all the good things that even he had done for them. Here we see the Israelites heading for a moment of disaster, a turning away from God again, all because they did not remember. Because you see, what we remember affects what we do. Are you seeing this theme now? Samuel, I believe, gives us a fantastic example of how we should live. He made a point, didn't he? I'm putting a stone in the ground and saying, I am going to deliberately remember what God has done and who he is. And you know, it might be tempting to say for us today, well, you know, our memories. Our minds are a funny thing, and what we remember is what we remember, and we don't really have any say of that. But I do really believe, you know, there is certainly a practice that we need to put in place, and then a deliberate decision that we have to make to keep coming back and remembering what God has done. And maybe for us it doesn't look like building a pile of rocks in your back garden. I mean, you can if you want, that's okay. You can do what Samuel did and put a big boulder on your nice lawn. But I think in reality, it might be things like putting some Bible verses up around your house. They're important to you to remind you of who God is and what he's doing for you and what he has done. For some of us, it might mean waking up tomorrow morning and starting each day with some worship music to remind you whose presence you're in as you go through that moment. I've been speaking to some, to some members of our church this week and they wake up and they recite some verses 
that are really important to them and they become their life verses. And I think that's a great idea because what are we doing when we do those kind of things is we're deliberately remembering what God has done because what we remember affects what we do. You know, when I was at Sunday school, we used to do something called memory verses. Does anybody else do memory verses? And why did we make ourselves remember? And why should we keep making ourselves remember? Because what we remember affects what we do. And what I've started to do on a morning is I've, start, I've been inspired by even members of our church. And every morning I'm starting to get up and I can feel the difference in the days I don't do this, by the way. Is I wake up and I say, the Lord is my shepherd. I don't need anything. He leads me beside still waters and makes me lie down in green pastures. I wonder what it is for you today. What is it that you can wake up tomorrow and saying to help you deliberately remember who God is and what he's done? I think there's a couple of different ways we can look at this. And the first one is this. We can think about and remember what God has done in the past. The great thing about Samuel's Ebenezer Stone is that it included everything that God had done up until then. It wasn't just that battle that had happened that day, but it was everything in Israel's history. Psalm 77 verse 11 says, I will remember the deeds of the Lord. Yes, I will remember your miracles of long ago. I will consider all your works and meditate on all your mighty deeds. You know, I wonder right now if we can just think about the timeline of your life and you can maybe plot it in your mind from all your memory, from every house move, every child born in the family, every great thing and every disaster and you can plot it out. And I wonder this morning if you can just take a look back and see God's hand on your life. See every time that he's blessed you. See every time he's been with you. And in difficult moments, maybe you can, in hindsight, look back and see all the times that he was strengthening you, even when you didn't know he was. I know that looking back in my life, I can see him guiding me every step of the way. Even when I veered off into places I shouldn't be and his hand brought me back in, I can see him teaching me and strengthening me. And I can say today, I will remember the deeds of the Lord. I will remember your miracles of long ago. I'll consider all your works and meditate on all your mighty deeds. It's amazing, isn't it? It's something we find all over the Bible is God asking us to remember what he's done previously. Because you see, it's in the remembering that keeps us in the right place for now and for our future as well. He asks the Israelites again in Deuteronomy chapter 8, verse 2. He says this, Remember how the Lord God led you all the way in the wilderness these 40 years to humble and test you in order to know what was in your heart, whether or not you would keep his commands. Thank goodness that our God has never let us down. Even when we get it wrong and even when some of us might need to start waking up tomorrow morning before you get to work, before you get in the car and remember to say, thus far, the Lord has helped me. What can we praise God today for? What can you remember? It's only you that can recall those things from your own personal walk and your own personal journey with God. But we can walk into tomorrow 
because of that knowledge, with hope and with assurance and with confidence, not because of ourselves, but because we carry with us the knowledge of a God that is faithful. And he's never let us down so far. That's the, that's the first thing. We can remember the things he has done. But here's the other thing that gets a little bit trickier. Is that we can remember what God is doing now. Now if you're anything like me. It's quite easy to become blind to the things that are going on around us. And we can tend to focus on the things that aren't going so well. And Lucy will tell you I'm really good at making a list of everything that's not going quite right right now. Well, this needs doing and I haven't done this and I forgot to do this and this person's doing this. And, I can, and she'll say, why, why, why? It's fine. It's okay. You know, she always gets me to sort of calm down about things. But it's easy, isn't it? To make a list in your mind without even trying of all the things that are going wrong and it becomes overwhelming. And you know, the best moments though, that I've ever had in my journey with God is when I stop and I deliberately remember everything good that God is doing right now. Every single blessing that I know he has in my life right now, as small as it might seem, in those moments they all, I realize that they're all big things. Lord God, thank you for my family. Thank you that I've got somewhere to live. Thank you that I can eat every day. Thank you for my church. Thank you for the blessing that it is serving you every day. And you know, when I come to those moments, I come out of that time making that list of blessings that God is blessing me with right now. And I come out and I say, I am the most blessed person I know. I am the most blessed person I know. And that's because I'm not comparing myself to anybody else. I'm not thinking about what I don't have and what I do want. But what I do is I come out of those moments saying, the Lord is my shepherd. I lack nothing. Come on. But it's so easy to get waylaid by the other stuff because that stuff comes naturally to our minds. But let's go into these weeks, these tomorrow when you wake up saying, Lord, what are you blessing me with today? It's got to be a deliberate remembering, I think, hasn't it? One of the best things that we ever did, me and Lucy, was, was, was decide when we first got married, we're going to be content with what, whatever we have in front of us. When was the last time, I wonder, that we counted our blessings? Psalm 103, verse 1, says, Praise the Lord. My soul, all my innermost being, praise his holy name. Praise the Lord, my soul. And do you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to forget not. <laughs> forget not all his benefits. Why does it say that? Because it's so easy to forget them. It's so easy to forget them. And actually, I think there's an enemy that wants us to forget. Because when we do, we go astray. Philippians 4 verse 8 says, Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever's true, noble, right, pure, lovely, admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, let's think about those things. How often, though, do we only remember the opposite of those things? Our God knows how important our memories are, but it takes me and you to come and practice it. And be disciplined as disciples of Jesus to come and say, I'm making a list of every blessing. I know that God has been with me up until this moment. I know he's doing some great things with me now. So I know that I can walk into tomorrow knowing I've got a hope and a future in him. You know, and Jesus, he comes and asks us to remember something really 
specific. The greatest blessing and the greatest miracle. And if you've got your Bible still open, it's going to come on the screen. 1 Corinthians 11, 23 to 25 says this. The Lord Jesus, on the night he was betrayed, he took bread And when he had given thanks, and he broke it and said, this is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, after supper, he took the cup, saying, this cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this whenever you drink it in remembrance of me. You see, at this moment, Jesus and his disciples, they're they're having a meal they're having a meal together, and it's very likely that they were having something called the Passover meal, a moment in the Jewish calendar where the story of God's deliverance is told. It's, it's a reminder. It's a, we're going to retell this story in this moment. It's a time to recount how Jesus, how God brought the Israelites out of Egyptian slavery. It's the time of remembering what God had done. And then Jesus comes And he knows it's his last supper with them. And he says, you know how you've been using this moment to remember what God did then? Well, God is about to do something amazing again. Come on. So from now on, when you get together like this, when you have this meal, instead of remembering that, and you can remember that as well, but actually when you do this, remember me and what I'm about to do. Because if you make this a practice, we're never going to forget what he's done. Amen? Our God challenges me and you today to deliberately remember all that he's done, both in the past and what he's doing now. And that he paid the once and for all sacrifice for me and for you. And you know, if we do like Jesus instructed, we can walk forward every day knowing we're a child of the king adopted into his family, not because of something I've done, but because of what Jesus did. Dying on that cross for me and you. Taking all the sin, all the wrong things we've done. Those things that separated us from God. Taking them on himself. Dying the death we deserved and saving us for eternity. That's why we do this at Destiny. That's why we take communion. That's why it's important. Not because it's some spooky, weird thing, but actually because what we're doing is we're remembering. And why are we remembering? So that we never forget. So that we know. Just like putting a Bible verse on your bedroom wall or in your kitchen to remind yourself. Just like waking up to worship. Just like coming to church every week and remembering who God is and what he's doing in your life. We come and take communion to remember what Jesus did. And what we're going to do right now We're going to do just that. If you've got your cups with you, we're going to take the bread. In just a minute, the worship team, we're going to sing a song just as we finish our service together. But right now, we're going to remember the body broken for us. And we say, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord, for all you've done. Let's take it together. Thank you, Lord. And then we take the wine. 
specifically to remember the blood that was spilled for us. We remember and say, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for what you did for us. Let's stand together. We're going to sing when I survey. Or in other words, when I remember the cross. That's what we're going to do in this moment. And maybe right now you can take a moment to remember what he specifically did for us in that moment. When he died in our place, when he took all of our sin. But we can also remember his hand leading us all the way up until this morning and say, Lord, thus far, you've never failed. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Let's sing it together. Well.